Hello, this is Dennis Thomas with Things That Matter, where we speak about everything from faith to finance and all things in between. So here we are. We just got off speaking about Noah, or just left off speaking about Noah, and I feel like I hung the phone up, and I picked up the phone right now, and I'm ready to have the conversation again. Now, we're speaking about someone different here. We went and started off with Adam and Eve. We heard about their story, the children that they had, Eve eating of that fruit, uh, Adam kind of representing mankind, and the change, the chain reaction that it has. I speak to the kids at Sunday school, and I let them know the cool thing with this life is that it's filled with choices. So that's nice, right? We have options. And what we're trying to do as adults is help raise our kids to make that best choice and choose the best option because we know that they have several routes to go. But the one thing that we do understand is that there's always consequences to things that we do. And that's the order of the way things work here on this earth. And we see that in Adam and Eve and Adam representing mankind. And in the Bible it speaks to that. Uh, sin came through one man and through sin death. But then we have Jesus Christ, the one man that pays a price for all of us that could take away all of those consequences that we are facing right now. So we hear that story. Then we go to Cain and Abel. We know that Cain and Abel, both brothers, uh, Cain was the one that gave uh, his, his first fruits, right? He, he gave his fruits and his vegetables as a sacrifice to God. Abel, on the other hand, gives an animal sacrifice. One of the reasons why Abel's sacrifice was accepted by God is because he did it in faith. And Cain did not. And then Cain decides to kill his brother through jealousy, the first time we see death in the Bible. And then we have Jesus showing us again how he's going to make a path for Jesus to come through. And a lot of the story that we read, right, is Adam and Eve starting off, things were once perfect, things change, and then it's the story of redemption and how Jesus is going to make things right again. Uh, so Cain kills Abel, but because Jesus did not want uh, this this line, right? So that that, that means that, that anything that would have come after Abel, uh, Jesus would have came after that line, but he decided, no, let me create a different path and a different line to God. And that's where Seth is born. And we see Seth here is, uh, you know, the line of Seth that leads to Abraham, which we're going to speak about today, but also leads to Jesus Christ, and Seth was considered uh, a righteous person, and Jesus didn't want to come through that that ungodly line of Cain, so he makes a way. That's what happens all the time, right? Just sometimes when we think there isn't a way, Jesus makes a way. And then the next story we learned about was Noah. So Noah, representing the 10th generation from Adam, uh, the, the world at that time was wicked, Man was wicked. Jesus decides to wipe out the human race, but he has a few that he wants to save, Noah and his family. And we see here that Noah is showing faith again. A lot of faith being shown here. If you read in Hebrews 11, we see different characters that we're speaking about today and that we've spoken about so far. They, they are like this in this hall of fame, hall of faith of all these characters that showed faith in their great representation of what God is trying to tell us. And then 
we go to Abraham, which is what we're going to speak about today, the father of the Israelite people, uh, mentioned very often in the New Testament. Uh, Moses is also mentioned a lot, but, but Abraham is who we're going to speak about today. Uh, we see that his story begins in Genesis uh, 11, 26. That's the first time that uh, he's mentioned, but his name is Abram at that time. Uh, he's already 75 years old, his father's Terah. And God tells Abram to leave his family and his country. So we're seeing very early here, Abram showing his example of faith. He's leaving something that he knew. I remember when I had to leave Long Island to go move to Pennsylvania due to work. And I had faith to believe that this was going to be a right move. But I still understood the fear and the anxiety that comes with that bringing children along and making sure that everything's right. And so I could understand that feeling, and especially during these times where traveling wasn't even as easy. At least I had a moving company then (laughs) to help me out. Uh, And Abram here is being asked to leave his family, not only his country that he's living in, but also his family, so very far, and also doing it uh, without this larger group of people that you would have supporting you. But we see here, Uh, we have this thing called the Abrahamic Covenant. And this is God giving three promises to Abram. And this is why Abram was an example to us all, because he believed, he showed faith. God gave him a promise of his own land, which eventually would be Canaan. Uh, He gave this promise to be made into a great nation. You know, we see here in the Bible, in Genesis 11, 12, 13, uh, God speaks to him and lets him know that his descendants will be innumerable. Uh, he will have a lot of descendants. And you think about all the people that have come since Abraham, and we kind of all fall into that category as descendants because we become children of God, we become children of Abraham when we do accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and we have that faith that he had to believe. And then also the promise of blessing. Uh, And this here we see that the, the world itself, the earth, will be blessed through Abraham. And we're really be- blessed through Abraham, Abraham because Abraham, again, was that example, just like Noah, just like Abel, of what God is asking us to do. So we he- see here the time frame is about 400 years after the flood. God is calling Abraham to be a founder of a nation. Right? They call him the father of the Israelites, He enters this land of Canaan in 2091 B.C. One of the things that we notice, too, uh, Moses is considered to be the writer of Genesis. And we see in the order here, this is the first book of the Bible. Um, So we see here that, that Genesis being written in about 1400 to 1440 B.C., so very old book. Now we have books in the Bible that are older than that, so this is actually not the first book of the Bible, as far as uh, date or chronological order, but it is the book that they put in the beginning, because Genesis means the beginning, and it kind of explains to us how things came to be. And this is one of the reasons why we believe in Christianity, because it is the best explanation of how things are right now. So we see things in a certain way. We see morality. We know that there is... 
these objective moral truths out there, objective moral laws. We know that there's a case for things that are immaterial, like our mind. We know even things that, like equality and things being fair, right? The beauty of the world. Christianity is the best explanation for the way things are. And the Bible here explains to us how things came to be in the beginning in Genesis. And we see here that Abram is traveling. He goes from Haran, which is Abram's first stopping place, about 400 miles northeast of Canaan. Then he goes to Shechem. This is his first stopping place in Canaan. He built an altar to God. And then he goes to Bethel, which is 10 miles north of Jerusalem. So a lot of traveling for him. We see here that he built altars to God in a lot of the place that he visited as an acknowledgement and, and really a statement of his faith. It's, a, it's an acknowledgement to God and a statement of his faith. Sometimes we need to show that on the outside, right? Now, now God doesn't necessarily need us to do that, but I think for us to be an example to others, a lot of the times it's the actions that we exhibit. People are looking at us to shine a light. You know, we're the salt of the earth. We're there to preserve. You take that salt out, and that's where you get decay. So we're there for a reason. We're here for a reason on this earth to preserve. And I think our behavior needs to exemplify that. And even now, I, I see myself going through changes. Uh, I think, for example, just when I'm out in the world, and whether it's the music that I'm listening to, the things that are coming out of my mouth, how I carry myself when I'm in front, of, in front of my friends, just because I know that I need to be an example to others. And I would want to be seen as a Christian person based upon that outward act that I have. And it's not doing it for the purpose of letting others uh, have to see that I'm a certain way, but it's more from within. So we see here, in, uh, in the Bible, and I believe it was Romans I was reading today, and it says, faith without works is dead. And I'm reading that like, wait, but I thought that we were saved by grace. But what the Bible's trying to tell us there is that we're first saved by grace, but it's the works that come afterwards that's going to show that that faith is in action. So it's not just this blind faith and then you don't do anything with it, but when you put it in action, and the example you hear sometimes is that believing that the, you know, I have faith going on an airplane that it's going to get me from point A to point B and that I'm going to be safe. But when I actually get onto the plane, then I'm really putting my faith into action and believing that the person flying the plane, the pilot, would be able to get me there. And that's what they're talking about there where um, faith without works is dead. Now, because of a famine in chapter 12, we see that Abram goes to Egypt. Uh, now, we also get introduced in chapter 13 to his nephew, Lot. Abram and Lot are able to amass a lot of flock at this point, cattle and such. So, they was, it was so large that they had to separate. And Lot chooses first. And Lot chooses Sodom which is uh, a town. We, we hear about this story later on with Sodom and Gomorrah and the sexual immorality that happened there and what Jesus did to that area. 
But at this point, we haven't arrived at that place in the story. So Lot chooses first, he chooses Sodom. Abram chooses Hebron. And eventually we see here in, in, at the end of chapter 13, Lot is taken captive, but he's rescued by Abram. Abram and his 318 men, we see here that Abram might have had some military experience here at this point. But we know that God was always watching him and always protecting him. And he wasn't necessarily protecting him because Abram was this like ultra-righteous person. right? A lot of the people that we see in the Bible that Jesus is choosing to represent, they have faults too. And sometimes I think that's not a bad thing for us to see those parts. You know, even Abram, uh, he couldn't have, his wife couldn't, Sarah couldn't have a baby, so they, he ends up trying to, uh, and actually having a baby with his, one of his maidservants. So you see here they're doing things that aren't like exact examples of God, but God still chooses them nonetheless, which is kind of like us. We are not perfect, Right? We're trying our best here each and every day. Uh, I was speaking to one of my friends and we were talking about how you know, my friend was a little upset about how people were treating her. And I said, you know, sometimes I think it's, for me, it's beneficial to think that people are doing the best that they can. And if I could think that way, then I, I, I don't necessarily need to take everything as this personal attack against me because if people are doing the best that they can, then that is the best that they could give and that means they're going to do those things. So it's on me to make sure that I'm responsible for how I respond to those things. And that's me trying to empower myself, but also knowing that people sometimes are going to fall. And so we see this too, the people that are chosen in the Bible here. So we get to a point where Abram is getting a little bit more promises from God. Your descendants will be many, uh, even a promise of his own child because his wife at that time was barren, so they couldn't have children, which is why he slept with his maidservant. So we see here, wow, promise of a, of a child and my wife can't have children. So we see even God showing us these miracles that he's able to create. Abram puts his trust in God. And what we notice is Abram putting his trust in God is, and we see in, in, in chapter uh, 15, verse 6, it says, Abram puts, Abram puts his trust in God. God creates this belief to Abram's account as righteousness. Sorry, he credits this belief. So Abram puts his trust in God. God says that I'll credit that to your account. So I credit that to your account as righteousness. And what we see here is this definition of righteousness being to make one right with God. Abraham was included in the family of God by faith. And we see here for us that means that everyone who believes in the Lord is a child of Abraham and included in God's family. Galatians 3.28 says this. We are made heirs because of faith. And therefore, we receive the promise that God gave to Abraham. We are also credited righteousness. It is at this point here that we see God changing Abram's name 
to Abraham. Now, because of this change here, and, we, and, and also Abraham at the time, meaning high father, and then his name being changed to Abraham, meaning father of a multitude, because he becomes that father of us. So when God gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision, that's when he changed his name to Abraham. This was after that Abram puts his trust in God. And we think about righteousness, which is the Bible's standard of righteousness as God's own perfection in every attribute, attitude, behavior, and word. It's almost like God's law given in the Bible, something that you and I could never attain. You know, the Jewish people had over 600 laws that they had to follow, but you take those 600 and you summarize them, you get the Ten Commandments. None of us could follow all those rules. And in the world that we live in, if you break a law, you will get in trouble. It's the same thing for us. But not unless, not unless we show this belief and trust in God, which at that point, God could credit our account as righteousness. So God credits our account once we show trust and belief in Him, and we trust that He's our Lord and Savior, that He died on the cross for our sins, that He rose on the third day, that He left behind His Spirit, if we believe in the Trinity, we believe in all that, we put that trust in God the same way that Abraham did, how he got his name changed from Abram to Abraham, we also become that change. We also become new Christians, right? Or, or born-again Christians, right? We become born again. And almost as like this newness comes, this new power comes over us because now the Holy Spirit lives within us. It's the same Spirit that allowed Jesus to come to this earth because Mary... Have that same spirit come inside of her when she found that she was pregnant. So it's that same spirit that lives within us so that Jesus, when he sees you, he really sees himself. And it's due to that righteousness, which is also the faith that we have in God leading to justification. And justification is to declare righteous and to make us right with God. Romans 5.18 says, One trespass was condemnation to us all. One act of righteousness was justification that brings life to all men. And if we even open up the Bible to Romans 18 and 19, and we go a little bit further than that, and I'm actually going into this now, I have several Bibles that I just uh, float around with that I like to use. They're all a little bit different, but it's kind of cool. So I'm flipping over here to Romans 5, because this part... I'd like to read. I thought it was kind of cool when I was looking at it before. So just after that verse that I just read, we, we see here as another simpler way of explaining that verse. 518, 519 says, For as by one man's disobedience, which was Adam's, right? Many were made sinners. So, so we're sinners because we are born into sin, because we all came from that same line of Adam. It says, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. So we are made righteous because of Jesus Christ, because of him dying on the cross. Adam's sin brought us to the position that we are at right now, where we have death, we have sorrow, we have pain in this world. Jesus Christ, though, has a plan for us. He's going to make us righteous. The faith that we have in God leads to justification. The reason why this is important for us to know is because our actions are led by our beliefs. The things that we believe in on a day-to-day basis, deep down, is what's going to lead to our actions. And this is why it's important for us to understand and know the Bible and know the words in the Bible because this is going to build our belief and make it strong. Our goal at the end of the day 
is to be equipped with the tools that we need to successfully navigate this complex world. And the way that we do that is by having a strong belief in something that's sound that's going to allow us to successfully navigate this world. And so that's what we see here in the story. We need to understand what we believe just the way Abraham did. He understood and believed in Jesus Christ. He had that trust in God. That's why he left his family, left his country. That's why God changed his name from Abram to Abraham. He ended up having a child. Isaac, he almost sacrifices this child too, just because he has a belief in God. What an example to us all of having that trust in something. We have to think about what is our trust in? What are we believing in each and every day? And how is that leading our actions? So we'll be back. I think that we've touched on a lot of the people that we said we were going to speak about. I have to go back to my list here because we had Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, Noah, Abraham. Next time we speak, we have to talk about a different topic, right? I always like that, researching some things. But I love speaking to you. I love you being here, listening and wanting to learn, wanting to be able to, to be equipped. And I'm going to leave you with this. Our goal right, is to be equipped with the tools that we need to successfully manage or successfully navigate this complex world. All right, so next time we meet, we'll continue on our journey. We're learning is our destination. Please have a great week. I know that I will. All right, talk to you later.